hello there and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Here in season two of the Praxis Podcast, we're talking about discerning decisions, how we get a sense of God's leading in the moments large and small where we're standing at a crossroads and asking for God's guidance. As we have been throughout this season, we're having a series of conversations with different people uh, and how they sought God's guidance and leading in the crossroads of their life. And we're bringing you another one of those conversations today that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and that is a conversation with my friend, Ricky Wade. Ricky, say hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Ricky, so glad you're with us today. And uh, you just kind of responded to uh, kind of a question I just put out there on social media of like, hey, is, are there people out there who would be willing to share uh, just kind of some discernment stories? And you answered the call. So thanks for doing that. Yep. My pleasure. Um, well, Ricky, we're going to give you a chance to introduce yourself in a little bit, but something we do, which I in Praxis Podcast fashion did not prep you for, is something we call the precious moment. And the precious moment is this, is where we share just something from our lives. It could be today, it could be recently, that when we think about it, it brings a smile to our face. So I will go first, so you can have some time to think about your response. Um... I think for me, uh, you know, as I'm sitting here recording this, um, uh, my team, the San Francisco 49ers, staged an epic comeback to go to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> you might be listening to this. You might be listening to this podcast and be thinking, like, I'm not a football fan. I'm not a 49er fan. But for me, I am a lifelong 49er fan. And honestly, at halftime of that game, I just moved on. I was like, it's over. And to do what they did, you know, I have a friend who's a big Lions fan. He might be listening. Shout out, Andrew. Um, mm -hmm. I was watching at his house and uh, the, the mood changed significantly, but uh, they staged this incredible comeback and it was an amazing, uh, amazing victory. So as I just think about something, putting a smile on my face, um, that's something that comes to my mind. So uh, Ricky, how about you? Yeah, I think just opportunity to share my story mm. and opportunity to be of service kind of even at this level, just, you know, people want to, to know my story and just talk about, you know, God's uh, work in my life. And so it's just cool to, you know, reflect on where I was, you know, many years ago. I never see myself in situations to have opportunities to do this. Definitely puts a smile on my face. In addition to that, of course, my boys every morning mm. <laughs> laughing and <laughs> and crying and all that fun stuff that they do. Yes. Um, it is always like, yeah, just take a pause and, and just be grateful for even again. I mean, I never even thought I would have children. There was a time in my life where I didn't even think I would get married or mm. have kids. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So just kind of being here and looking at the faces of your kids, that's, that's what's bringing you joy today. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Well, you've given us a few details about your life, but why don't you just give us the thumbnail sketch of Ricky Wade, you know, kind of who you are, some details about your life, perhaps what you're doing currently, uh, et cetera. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned I have two boys. One is five, one is two years old. And then um, my wife and I, Tina, have been married for 11 years. Um, yeah, we live in Castro Valley. Um, we've been in the Bay Area since, I've been in, uh, since 2010. Yeah, I've been over here, so. Lived in the peninsula for a while, since about uh, 1998, 99, I came to the Bay Area from Lake County area, which okay. is some people, I say Clear Lake, and some people go, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lake County, they go, where is that? Yes. So what's funny is my wife used to, her and her family used to vacation to Clear Lake mm. every year from the Bay Area, 
and there was a little like uh, Jules miniature golf thing, like the Scandia they have here. Sure. And there was a Homer Simpson video game, arcade game in there that was very popular. All the kids would, <laughs> the Simpsons. And so when I met my wife and I told her about it, she's like, what? She's like, we, we might've been like playing that game, you know, at the same summer. Cause I was always there too, like playing wow. <laughs> arcade. So that was, that was fun. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so just, gosh, a very full life. Like I said, married, two kids, just finished seminary. You know, we're, we're now fellow alumni of Western Seminary, Woo-hoo, right? Ooh, Western yeah. alums. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing your picture right on the wall. I told you when I went to class, I was yes. like, hey, there's Max. Oh, <laughs> there's wow. a graduation picture. Yeah, so just, um, gosh, uh, the youngest of three. I was born in Colorado, Montrose, Colorado. Um, but my mom and dad split up when I was very young. We moved out to um, California when I was, before I was one. Okay. So up to Lake County and then came down to the Bay Area when I was a, a junior in high school. So I've been down here ever since, ever since then. So yeah, that's, and then, yeah, youngest of three, my whole family's kind of up in Washington right now, Bellingham, Washington, near near Canada. They kind of all ended up there, my mom, brother, and sister and their families. And so, yeah, my, my in-laws live close here to us in Castro Valley. This is our, my wife and I's first year at Three Crosses Church. So just, yeah, settling into the East Bay. My kids go to local school here and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm just right now, I work with Street Life Ministries in Redwood City. I'm doing just a lot of administrative stuff, and um, I get to speak there sometimes. It's a really rewarding um, job. I think sometimes, uh, I don't know, in life it's it's common to think I want to be able to speak at other platforms and have opportunities in other places, but there's something very special about speaking to 10 or 12 homeless people who <laughs> you have their attention and they're hearing, you know, you teach the word, mm. and they're so grateful afterwards. Some of the conversations, you just you just really never know how you're touching and, and um, supporting and encouraging people. Mm. Amen. Opportunities, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with me now, yeah. So um, we're talking about discerning decisions, and um, kind of in some previous conversation we had, you said, yeah, I got, I got a couple stories, so maybe you've selected one for us today, and maybe we could just begin... Uh, by you just telling us a bit about the situation in which you were seeking to discern God's leading and direction, kind of set the scene for us. Where were you, mm-hmm. kind of where you came to a point where it was a point of decision for you? Yeah, so I'll give you a little just a background. I think for most of us, we have a point where we <clears throat> turn our lives to Jesus, right? I mean, maybe some sure. people kind of grew up a Christian their whole life, but I know mm-hmm. we, we did some baptisms, you know, and here often people say, I've been a Christian my whole life, or I was raised in the church, and I never really took this next step in my life and my faith. So for me, I came to, to faith way later, uh, 2003. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in high school, I made some really bad choices. Um, I was, I didn't have a dad around to kind of direct and lead. My mom worked really hard to raise us and provide for us. So I kind of got distracted and, and fell into some temptation, you know, and so I made some bad choices that led me down a path, <laughs> you know, sure. to, that was not good. So you know, my God found me in jail. I was in jail in Redwood City, you know, surprisingly like, wow, look at where my life has come to, you know, I'm in jail now and um, probably going to be, this is going to be my life if something doesn't mm. change. So wow. um, I had this vision, this very word vision in jail. My So a little history, my grandparents are missionaries. Uh, they were missionaries in New Mexico. So I had this, I had an understanding of maybe who God was. So I had this moment of clarity and this moment of humility in the jail cell. And I kind of just thought I can pray and ask God to help me, mm. you know? So I did that. Um, and at that time I was struggling with drugs and alcohol addiction and things like that. And so, you know, God, uh, healed this addiction issue that I had, you know, from in jail and my life kind of began. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of something I always look back on thinking mm. like, Hey, God was, cause I think sometimes when we walk in our life, it's easy to think things are normal. Right. Yeah. Of course I'm a Christian. Of course I pray. Right. 
we kind of miss the fact that there's a gift of discernment. There's a powerful gift of God's presence and discernment who's leading and guiding us. Right. So I always love to look back and I'm like, wow, that mm. was a pivotal moment, pivotal yeah. moment in my life. So God still does lead and direct. And so that's kind of like the foundation of my faith and yeah. how I walk, mm. even though things are so established nowadays, you know, God's still discerning and giving us wisdom and things. So I think the biggest thing for me was kind of restoring my whole life. So, yeah. um, uh, and career wise, I think the two things I struggled with as an early Christian was, yeah, relationships now were different. It's a different kind of expectation with relationships. Sure. <laughs> it's not just, you know, there's dating, but then there's also like serious dating. There's a, there's a, you know, a perspective and an understanding of, you know, I had some talks with pastors as I was dating girls and they're like, <laughs> what are your, you know, intentions and right. What are you, there's a, a level of seriousness with relationships. So that was a struggle for me. And then careers. I think the thing I want to talk about today the most was that I sought the Lord's discernment not only getting married to my wife, but um, that was that seemed a little easier. But the whole idea of just um, career change, yeah. you know, after 10 years in one um, field that I was in, to really the calling into ministry, which God did for me um, at a young adults in Central Peninsula Church that oh, we talked wow. about. I had early Christian come into the church, and um, a good friend of mine, a mentor, he said, go there, meet some friends, you know, kind of, I was just starting my whole life over. I had no friends who were mm -hmm. like Christians and in the church and stuff, so yeah. it was all very new to me. Go there, meet some friends. The Lord blessed me with a really good guy that brought me in and made me feel welcome. So, um, and then he was the one who encouraged me. He heard my story about the jail cell, and he said, "Man, you need to read the Gospels. You need to get into the Word and like read, to learn, learn about you know what happened." So I did, um, and I started going to young adults. As the pastor there was preaching, and he was kind of giving this message about like whatever your past is, you know, whatever the things you've gone through, if God has something for your life, He can call you to it. Mm. So for me, I'm thinking like, I dropped out of school, like I made all these bad choices, like I got no education, I got nothing, like, well, how am I going to ever? But uh, during that time when he was speaking, I had my own vision of me speaking in front of people and there was a cross behind me. It was just a very weird flash, like vision during his message. Wow. And, I, and that's the first time I ever had any kind of like glimpse or vision or anything. And so my heart was racing and I was like, what is happening here? This is very weird. <laughs> so afterwards I... To grab the pastor, um, the young adult's pastor, and talked with him, and he just said, "Hey, look, if this is God's moving. If he's, if this is discernment from Him, yeah, He's going to make it. You don't need to worry about it. He's going to make it come to, you mm. know, fruition." But of course, yeah. our stuff is we worry about it. We're thinking, we're like, "Is it from God?" What, I mean, what? Is it? <laughs> sure, it seems like a mountain to climb. So um, I wrestled with that calling and that thing for about ten years, actually, and I started doing auto mechanics, auto repair, and whole time I just didn't feel like content with what I was doing you know what I mean I just didn't mm -hmm. feel passionate about it um and so yeah that's kind of the whole idea of career um changing careers going back to school is what I was going to talk about today so cool so you um go to this young adults group you've just kind of been saved out of quite dramatically yeah. right yeah. <laughs> literally in a jail cell yeah um and you have kind of this this vision, you just kind of see in your mind's eye, you teaching in front of a cross. And it's just like, well, what do I make of this? And you kind of sought the pastor's guidance and it's like, uh, well, if it's, if it's from him, he'll make it happen. That's kind of what you said there. Yeah. But you ended up kind of going in a vocational direction of like being an auto mechanic mm -hmm. and um, did that sounds like for a decade. Yeah. Was that kind of your, your path? Mm -hmm. So I guess that's, so you have this moment, you have mm -hmm. 10 years of being in one field, kind mm -hmm. of in auto repair. What was it that brought you after that 10 years, what happened there to shift things for you? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, go. I went back to school to get some education in, in auto repair. Um, and so the, just the whole time, you know, going to school and being in the field, like enjoying it. And thankfully, I was kind of caught on well enough to be like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you know, this is something sure. that my, my guy, the guy was, that gave me a job actually had his shop and gave me an opportunity. He's like, yeah, you're learning pretty well. You're doing good. You can, you know, you can do this. So he encouraged me all the time to go back to school and, and do that stuff. But again, and then I was going to church and I was more involved just in service and just serving others. And I got to hear people's stories and testimonies and I got to kind of see how uh, some people can uh, just help others in different capacities, right? It's been sure. kind of dedicate their life to maybe helping other people with their story and with, you know, not to say that you have to do that. There's plenty of people who work, you know, careers and jobs that serve in the church and do great work and stuff like that. So sure. I guess for me, for me it was, and I know you mentioned it, um, like the discernment and just the, um, the nudge in our heart, you know, just like kind of, do you feel at peace with it? Um, you know, is it something that you feel? So again, it's this calling really that I was trying to maybe run away from, or just, mm. I wasn't sure how to deal with it. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And so, and then the reality too, of like, Hey, if you're going to be, um, you need to educate yourself. So you need to go to school. And for, for me, school was not something that I wanted to do. Right. I was yeah. kind of just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. But the auto repair school seemed more, you know, doable, you know, for me, like theology and all this stuff that I just, like, I never thought I could do that. I was just like, <laughs> there's no <laughs> way, like, you know, it's just the mountain seemed way too, too, too tall to climb. So, um, and then when I met my wife and I got married, we were moving to the East Bay, right? There was this whole cross the bay thing that was happening. So there's a lot of situations in life that were just like, okay, I need to transition out of the shop that I was at there for 10 years. And, um, so I did. Yeah. So that's when I and actually started my own small business for about a year. Mm. I was just doing like, you know, um, a mobile mechanic. So I did that. And then, uh, that was just long hours. It was like small business, you know, you got to get up early. You got to be tough. late. Yeah. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it was a little more convenient cause I can make my own hours and right. And I could be local if I wanted to, but that was hard. My first year of marriage, it was really hard. So continuing just to pray and think about like what's next. And, um, you know, at that time I was volunteering at our church in Foster city regularly um, and I just was really praying about, you know, here's the options. I could try to like open a shop in the East Bay. I could try to work for somebody in the East Bay, or I could maybe now change into ministry. Maybe I could go to school. I don't know. But it was a very, I think it was like a very clear thing from the Lord saying it was time. Mm. So I had looked at the options and I'm like, no, this is really appealing anymore. And I really just talked to my wife. Mm. I mean, I know it was our first year of marriage too. I was like, well, this is a, she's like, I married a mechanic. <laughs> and now you're like <laughs> wanting to go to school. Going from mechanic to minister. That's yeah. quite a shift. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you have that whole thing too of just like mentally, right? And, and all that. What does that mean, you know, for, for us? And so I just really yeah. told her like, I really feel like this could be the opportunity for me to, you know, switch gears here and go in another direction. And the Lord really had um, provided for us with somebody's house that they owned that they were letting us, a new married couple, stay in, you know, reasonably. That's great. Yeah. So so the, the really the, the tipping thing for me, too, was um, we were serving in the Barry Rescue Mission, doing volunteer work and stuff like that, and I just really felt like God told me to go get a job at the Barry Rescue Mission. That was mm-hmm. going to be my job. That was going to be my start. And so I went over there and I applied. And no, my wife was working at a nonprofit in Richmond, or by Hercules, and she helps people. She was helping people get jobs, people yeah. who were, you know, come, you know, transitioning and stuff. So she's like, after I told her that, she came back the next day and she's like, "You'll never guess what got on my desk. What job is available? It's at the very rescue vision and resident wow. manager. Like it's in kind of the recovery field because, like mm-hmm. I told you, I had been healed from drugs and alcohol, and so now I was serving a lot in the church, wow. helping people with that. So it was a job kind of helping men in recovery. And I just thought that's great. I'm going to go apply for it. 
So in my interview, I basically told him, I was like, God told me to like come here. Yeah. I said, I just gotta be honest <laughs> with you guys. God told me. Yeah, Ooh. I just gotta be honest with you guys. Like, God told me to come here and apply for this job. Like I'm supposed to work here. So I left the interview and 20 minutes later they called me and said, Yeah, we're gonna give you the job. Wow. So it that, worked out. Yes. Can you yeah, surprisingly, right? No. <laughs> Sometimes the God told me is risky, right? But <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, thankfully that the rescue vision is a faith-based place. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I got to share my story and stuff like that. And so yeah, I think in this whole idea of discernment, you know, um, God puts people in our lives that confirm it. Yeah. That affirm it and just right. be like, I think you're right. Like that's, mm. you know, it's on the same page. You know, I'm sure you and your wife, we pray when we're thinking decisions, like God, it has to be a unified thing. It has to be a, you know, not just me saying God said this, so no, I have to do it. If you don't hire me, like you're going against God's will, Ooh, right? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, th- that was the first step. Right. And then, so I worked there for seven months and, um, you know, I just wasn't, I, I loved it. It was a great job and everything, but the hours became really challenging there. You work a lot of holidays, you work a lot of, I was working nights and, you know, all this other stuff. So again, it was kind of a, challenge on the marriage so we're just continuing to pray god like what's next so Mm. um well at that time the director of our recovery in foster city had passed away he got cancer and he passed away so there was another guy that took over to be the director but they asked me to come be a coordinator at the church because i was booking the bands and the speakers and and all this stuff so god was really just opening doors so for me i wanted to stay in the recovery field i wanted whatever Mm. i did i wanted to kind of stay in that group of people that i was helping yeah wherever that was Mm. so for me that was a great the hours were much easier, and I was actually volunteering a lot of my time. So they're like, "We're just going to pay you to <laughs> kind of keep doing what you're doing because, Great. you know, yeah." So that was that was awesome. So um, yeah, I think just just praying, you know, God, what's your path for me in this this journey? And the whole idea, I think, of seminary and school kind of came later. You know, the reality of like, if I'm going to continue to pursue this, especially in the Bay Area, education is very important. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. So just uh, from the Barrier Rescue Mission to a coordinator position in Foster City uh, for seven years. Yeah. Seven wow. years there. And um, then my mother in law is an alum of Fuller Theological Seminary, and she gets these newsletters and stuff. And so they had a certificate in recovery ministry specific. It was yeah. really great. It was geared for, you know, which is very rare at schools mm. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually under a care umbrella yeah. versus a specific certificate. And so, um, when I, and also, when I switched gears to go into um, clinical or re- recovery, you know, drug addiction, stuff, I went to DVC, Devil Valley College, and did my addiction studies certificate. Okay. So that kind of switched, you know, my path of, you know, education and stuff. And then about halfway through that, there was, you can get your AA in drug and alcohol counseling. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like, you know, I want to stay in the spiritual, want to stay in the, you know, that kind of field. Yeah. I don't want to get into be like a drug and alcohol counselor can't where I can't share my faith and things mm-hmm. like that. I wanted to sure. continue to stay in that. And so... It was a blessing that my mother-in-law brought me the magazine. It was this new recovery ministry certificate at Fuller. I was like, wow, so that would be cool if I could just transfer from DBC to that, you know what I mean, and get that extra training. Yeah. So, But I didn't have a bachelor's degree. I didn't even have an associate's. Yeah. So God's plan, like kind of all along, you know. So I was able to apply for that and get in on a special privilege thing, which is yeah. I had enough community college credits with, um, an, you know, the right GPA. And then also enough years in ministry, just serving, yeah. already kind of doing already the work, right? Yeah. Versus being trained in seminary and then going to yeah. yeah field work. So I had a lot of years of that with pastoral recommendations and stuff. So I was like, okay, here I go. Like, so I finished the the fuller certificate in recovery ministry it was really great training. Yeah. So and then kind of realizing like, well, you know, what's next, God? What's what's you know what's the next um, opportunity? Um, praying through that, 
and um, I read a book by Dan Kimball. He does, it's um, they love Jesus but don't like the church or not the church. I don't know if you've heard of that book yeah. from mm-hmm. Dan's. Yeah. Yes. So I had read that in my adventures, and then just like, wow, that's just so great. This concept of a lot of people know who Jesus is, but they will never go to a church. They don't like religion, you know. And then people have different um, ideas about it. But anyways, he started a cohort for Western Seminary, and I heard about it. It's a Bay Area cohort, right? And so it was just really kind of family friendly. And then there's like scholarship for people too. So it was financially and then family friendly. So those things kind of worked mm. out. But again, I had mm. to get in on a, a special, you know, application. So um, yeah, I just prayed about that, met with Dan, and then got accepted to that. So I'm like, here I go. And so I think, you know, for me, just um, facing a lot of fears along the way, a lot of doubt of just like, okay, God, if this is where you really want me to be, you have to make this happen. <laughs> These doors have to open. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't do it. Yeah. So, and, you know, like I said, I finished in December, which is just a miracle to me. Um, mm. I struggled a lot in school just because, I, you know, I, I didn't have that um, I, that just common sense of doing papers, right? Just And I had to learn all that kind of stuff again, like writing papers and, you know, just reading and keeping sure. up with reading and all that stuff. So it was really challenging for me. And, and a lot of people quit. Actually, a lot of people dropped out for different reasons. Some people said it was just too hard. Some people just got busy in life. Um but I was like, I got to stick this all the way through, no matter what happens, like for my kids, like mm. <laughs> I was the first in our family to like, you know, get a master's degree and just like finish school. And so my mom's proud, but still it's like, I got to do this. It wasn't just for like opening opportunities in the future. It was like my kids, this means something to my kids too, just to, mm. you can fight for something and you can work hard at it and you can finish it. Mm. And so when I finished with A's and B's, so I was like pretty happy, pretty wow. proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, wow, I can do it. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As I think on your, just kind of the path that you unfolded for us there, I think one of the words that comes to my mind is just like sensitivity in terms of just sensitivity to God's leading. And I mean, you named a lot of different kind of ways that we can get a sense that God is leading us, like circumstances being one. Like Mm -hmm. I just... My wife is a job counselor and she got this, you know, saw this offer for this job that I was already thinking about, you yeah. know, at the Bay Area Rescue Mission. Okay, now I have this, then all of a sudden this offer comes up at this place at the church where I've been, you know, working and going to for a long time, you know, and then my mother-in-law brings me this magazine and it has this thing for the certificate that would be a great next step for me, Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> obviously we can see a lot of like circumstances like, uh, and totally miss them. Yeah, You know, but what I just noticed and what you were saying was you saw them and you thought, God, do you have something to say to me through this circumstance? And like you said, like, it's not just going to be one thing. It's not just the, the God told me. So if you, like, I'm just, I was thinking about the Bay Area Rescue Mission. (laughs) You went in and said that and they were like, well, um, God didn't tell us that. (laughs) Yeah. So we're not hiring you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but they're like, they heard you say that they looked at you, they heard your story and they thought, you know what? Um, we do, we do think that God might be in this and they offered you the position, right? So just kind of those different streams of like, you know, the, the voices of others, your own yeah. sense of calling, mm-hmm. you know, that growing discontent that you were feeling. Um, obviously, we can ignore all those things and just yes. do what we want to do or do what's easy. Yeah. Um, but there has to be a sensitivity and openness on our part to say, God, might you be in this? Even though I'm scared, even though like, yeah, I don't even have an associate's degree. I dropped out of school. Like, and now here I am, you and me talking, you know, I'm just a month from getting my master's degree and the witness that is to my family, to my children, to my mom Mm -hmm. of just the miraculous working of God. But I just have to be open to it. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. That's a good point that <clears throat> I was aware. I think that's like the discernment idea of discernment is some people think maybe I need to hear God's audible voice or maybe God is working through, you know, signs and peoples and things. And you're right. I think I, I was, that's the difference. That's the tipping point for me. Cause I could be like, no, there's no way I'm going to go. I mean, there's no way I'm going to go down there. Like I don't even have, you know, experience in that field. Like how am I going to do that? Right. But instead I just, <clears throat> and that's something as I was thinking about this podcast is discernment is, you know, um, learning to see those signs and, um, as God works through people and, um, you know, different things. I mean, actually, so the way we named our older son, Nathaniel, mm. was we were on our way to a conference up in Reading, and we were praying about that. And my mom, my wife says, what do you think about Nathaniel? That's a good name. She's telling me, like, what it means. Got children are a gift from God. Mm. And so right after that, this big diesel passes us on the left, a huge big rig. And on the back of the truck, there's a sticker that says, what do you think it says? <laughs> children are a gift from God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we looked at each other and we're just like, "Is that, I mean, you know, is it coincidence? I mean, you know, you hear these things about people see right. like, oh, I saw a Jesus sticker on the back of a car, you know what I mean? And so my wife and I learned to kind of look for these signs in our lives. Now, are they all, right? That's the sermon, I think. Are they right. all pointing to, yeah. I'm supposed to do that thing? Because that's where I think, you know, sometimes it can get challenging. But ultimately, it's um, learning to see those things. Like you said, I think it's a great point, like learning to identify those things as God uh, leads them and puts them in your path and then being willing to, you know, talk about that, go into the interview and just say, Hey, you know, I really, I'm here because I feel like God brought me here today. You know, I just, I was auto mechanic and a small business owner and <laughs> yeah. I, I want to come I here and yeah, that's a big change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to sign up to work, you know, graveyards and like swing shifts and yeah, just the hard, you know, that comes with homeless and, you know, comes with that kind of, the kind of job. So huge shift, huge sacrifice, right. On our family, we had to make mm -hmm. that work schedule wise and Thankfully, we didn't have kids then. So as I look back to, like, you know, I think the 10 years of wrestling, I think wrestling with God, because I kind of always felt that there, and I just didn't really know how to, I mean, I had people in my life that I was talking to, and people affirmed me along the way, Yeah. kind of like, but but actually, some people earlier on were just like, why are you wasting your time with this other thing? Mm. Go to school, go, you know, go get into it. And I was like, I don't think I can. I mean, I don't think I can. I didn't think I could. Mm. So I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to wrestle with this calling and this thing, but I'm never going to try to do it. But as I look back now, I really feel like, I mean, God's timing, I think, is always on time. So I think there's also an important thing is that discernment, like God may be showing you something that you're going to do 10 years from now. Yeah. And you think like, oh, I'm supposed to do it now. Am I supposed to do it later? I wasn't ready when that, when I had that vision and the, I wasn't, there was nowhere, I was nowhere near ready yeah. to try to go to school and try to mm -hmm. change paths. I needed to learn all that I did as an auto mechanic 10 years. Like yeah. I had to retrain myself with work ethics, right? And getting up early and like getting on time and taking care of myself, you know what I mean? Because I would live my, the life before that. I was careless, right? Yeah. I was kind of careless and, you know, just didn't. So I had, I had God had used those 10 years in so many great ways. There's a lot of stories I could tell you through those 10 years where God had used my situation. I was automatically like helping moms, single moms who didn't can afford to fix their cars. Like just so many times we help people get cars. Like, you know, just so many. So God uses all that stuff. But ultimately, I think, yeah, just learning to wait is a piece of discernment. And also, yeah, you know, staying aware of, mm. you know, God's calling in our life and, and calling us to things. So that's been my biggest thing is always just being like, okay, God, now that I'm, I've graduated, right, and I have this degree, and I can't just be like, this is where I'm going to be now, because I got to pray and say, God, where do you want me to be now? You know, you've, you've been equipping me for this, like, because yeah. <laughs> I like, can't, you know, sometimes we can just think, people go to school, they get the job, they go to get the job they want, right? That's kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was something, <clears throat> I think in First John, it talks about like testing the spirits to see if they're really from God. And I think yeah. that that's, 
kind of the process that you're talking about is kind of testing, like, okay, I mean, obviously what you described as kind of the genesis of this whole thing was pretty supernatural. Like I I had this vision, I saw this like picture in my mind of me doing this thing. Yeah. And some people might just kind of rush into that and be like, okay, I got to start doing this tomorrow, you know? And it's like, so you just kind of have to go through that process of testing of like, okay, this kind of supernatural thing happened in my life. What do I make of that? Yeah. And as you look back and see, you know, everything that God did in that 10 years was preparing me for that thing, you know, and, but it took time and it had to be affirmed by other people, you know? So it's not, I didn't just take that in isolation and take it to the bank and go, look, I had this thing and this, I know it's right, but other people help us test. Right. And then recognizing God had so much to do in me to bring about this, you know, preparing me for my calling, preparing me to kind of step into this ministry that I, I felt in my heart, but God knew I wasn't ready for. And so everything that happened up to this point, you know, God doesn't waste anything. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I was thinking about as you were talking as well. Uh, you know, everything, you know, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love yeah. him. And like you said, and like for all of us, there's a lot of things, all yeah. things covers a lot yeah. in the life of Ricky Wade and the that's, life of Max Critchfield. Right. Right. And it's like, wow, God, you bring all things together, you know, um, for my good, for your glory, and that includes seasons where you're just preparing me for the next thing. And even in those seasons of preparing, you have a purpose, you know? And I think that, like you said, patience can sometimes be the hardest thing that we do is just the waiting, right? Yes. But God has a purpose for everything. Yeah. Yeah, my my boss at the time that was training me on the auto mechanics, he would always tell tell me that, like, just patient because I'd, I'd talk to him openly about you know because he was a friend too it wasn't just we'd have lunch and we'd talk I'd just, man I just something I don't know what it is like you guys are so good to me I'm just I got a great here like I don't feel happy like I don't there's this mm. you know there's this agony or this feeling of and he's just like give it just wait and mm. just like you know takes time takes time takes time and I was like <laughs> we don't want to wait who wants to wait we live yeah. in a fast culture right <laughs> instant gratification culture is like <laughs> even back then it was like mm. things came fast so I think yeah I was thinking about that <clears throat> I'm grateful for the years of waiting yeah and really mm. important, you mentioned affirmation of others and not running ahead of God, right? And not, you know, it's hard. Like, I think yeah, you, we, we might see something in our life now that God brings forth later, much later, and we don't know when that is. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> For sure. The concept of time is a very interesting thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we know that in Second Peter, right, God, like, one day is a thousand, you know. Yeah. yeah so like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, he's working on a different uh, chronology there. Yeah. Right? We're, and, and, you know, when it comes to ministry or really anything in our life, we might have whatever that calling or that thing is. It may be for two or three. It may just be for a season. It may not be forever. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and God wants to do what he's going to do in that season of our obedience and in our life. I mean, maybe it's ministry. And some people go from ministry back to work, the workplace. Right. They just say, yeah, I just was great. I was at this place for a long time. And then I went back to, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now I share my faith in the workplace. Yeah, sometimes I tell people nothing's forever except heaven. Yeah, you know? Amen. <laughs> like, that's great. Uh, yeah. Every every job is temporary. I we I interviewed Pastor Larry a couple weeks ago and he said every pastor is an interim pastor. Yeah. And that really struck me. You know, it's just like nothing's nothing's forever. You know, it's it's for a season, it's for a time. And um the purpose that God has for us transcends whatever we happen to be doing and he uses everything that we do. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a hard one to think about. Yeah, because everyone just wants to get settled in their career, right? We want to be there for 30 years so we can <laughs> retire one day, hopefully. And it's just, and I think kingdom perspective, discernment, and all that stuff is is backwards from all that, right? Mm. It's, you know, always be open. Here I am, God send me. Yes. For until the day he calls us home. 
Well, as we kind of land the plane on today's conversation, Ricky, thanks so much for chatting with us today. Maybe what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is maybe seeking to discern God's will right now? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm really grateful to be able to be here and use my story, my agony, my struggles <laughs> to encourage someone along the path. Amen. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. And I think um, just try to enjoy the ride, I think, you know, and just be bold and courageous of like sharing that stuff because it takes courage to just be like, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be called to like mm. be a worship leader or, mm. you know, and sometimes because it's just saying it sounds so like terrifying or we're afraid what people are going to think. We don't say it. So we kind of mm. get molded into this like path that we think we're supposed to be on. Sure. M- meantime, people are, and God's calling and stirring in our hearts and we're not really having an open place to discuss it. So just, it, I would just say, I encourage you to, you know, seek discernment, pray for discernment. And then like, you, you know, the great point you made, Max, about then keep your eyes open mm. for things. Yep. A magazine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, go on. These are little things. That's another thing I was going to say too. Is like, nothing's too little. Mm, it doesn't amen. have to be the burning bush. It doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, I've had some great experiences in nature and stuff like that. <clears throat> but yeah, it could be something as easy as a conversation um, with somebody uh, at a coffee shop or anything. And then someone affirms something in your life and you're just like, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually feeling that God was putting that on my heart yesterday. Mm. So, and I think it's probably a very difficult and challenging um, gift discernment to, like you said, it's, it can take time and we don't know. And maybe it never even, you know, is in this life. Maybe it's never even, maybe it's free to give to somebody else that. Mm. So there's that whole element, I think, of spiritual growth and spiritual development. But I just, yeah, don't give up on it. If God is stirring something in your heart, talk to someone about it. Um, talk to a pastor, talk to a friend, whoever you can. Um, and then continue to pray. And then when it comes time, you feel it, you feel that it's clear, take that step, I think, mm. of faith. Take that leap of faith and take that step. Because we'll only know if it was his discernment if we walk it out. Yeah. Right? We only will really know if we if we listen to him and obey. All right, Ricky. Well, this was a super fun conversation. Thanks again for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, this has been the Praxis Podcast. Uh, continue to join us as we continue on in this season, talking about discerning decisions and hearing uh, just amazing stories of everyday followers of Jesus as they've sought to follow God's leading. Hope you found this conversation helpful today in your walk with God, and we'll catch you next time on the Praxis Podcast. Oh, 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 o